if you just wanted to let go in your heart, what would you say to Him tonight if you were standing face to face with the Lord tonight? What would you let Him know about your life tonight? What would you shout out tonight? If you were blind Bartimaeus and you were the one that wanted to hear, have Jesus hear your voice, what would you say tonight? If you needed healing tonight, what would you shout out tonight? If you needed deliverance tonight, what would you shout out tonight? Oh, I feel the glory of God in this place. Father, we just pull down healings right now. We pull down miracles right now. We pull down deliverances right now. Someone just needs to cough in this place. You're sick of that lie, the enemy ringing around your head. You just need to have a good cough. Someone just needs to stamp their feet. That sciatica pain that shoots down the right side of your hip. You just need to stamp your feet and just command it to leave right now in the name of Jesus. Come on. Thank you, Jesus, right now. Some of you just need to get sick and tired of the enemy messing with your life. You're just going to tap into that realm of glory right now. Come on, somebody. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to that place of the glory of God in the house. Oh, Jesus is in the house. Anything can happen and probably will. Anything can happen when Jesus is in the house. Emmanuel, God with us. Oh, ho, 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 ho. I just see people shedding their skin just like just like that snake has to shed its skin when it's outgrowing its skin, just like that cicada has to shed its skin when it's outgrowing that skin. Some of you just got to shed your skin tonight. Some of you just been through a battle tonight. Too much flesh had got on the way. Too much of this, too much of that. But you're willing to shed that skin. You're getting too big on the inside to handle the cage that is caging you on the outside. And it's time to just shed that skin, get out of that cocoon and begin to spread your wings tonight. You just need to shift from one level of glory to the next level of glory tonight. Hallelujah. Oh, I'm not going back. I'm not going back. I might go back to the same house and the same room, but I'm not going back to the same spiritual situation that I left at 6 o'clock tonight. When I get home at 10 o'clock tonight, something is going to be changed about my life. Hey. Hey. Someone here, you're a relatively new Christian. There's something in your room. I don't know if it's a...
poster or a painting or an object, but it's been bugging you now for a few weeks, but you're reluctant to let it go because of the sentimental value. But I just see someone in this place going home tonight and just ripping that stuff off the wall, ripping that thing down. I don't know what it is that's been looking at you, but it's attached to a spirit. And there's something about the indignation of God because you ain't stepping back to that thing. Some kind of gangster poster with some pot uh, of paraphernalia etched on it, some kind of lustful thing that's on the corner of the room. It's just from the old life. You just got to shed that thing. It's a new day. Amen. Your house is holy. Your bedroom is holy. It's time for the presence of the Lord to come. I'm shedding that old wine skin. I'm shedding that old wine skin because I want the new wine. I want the new wine. I like what Seth said today over lunch. He said, I don't understand to believe. I believe to understand. I'm going to shed that old wine. Take away all traditions that will not house the new wine. Take away all so-called doctrines that aren't correctly married to Jesus and to the Holy Spirit because I want that new wine. Take away the things that I've believed, my belief systems that are causing me to be hindered from receiving the new wine because I want to be a new wineskin ready to receive the new wine that God is pouring out upon the earth and upon Aotearoa right now. I want to be one of those vessels. I want to be one of those carriers. I want to be known as a carrier of the new wine. I don't want that seeker-friendly Christianity no longer. I don't want that performance-driven model mindset. I don't want that business corporate mindset. I want the power of God. I want the presence of God. I want what Smith Wigglesworth paid a price for to deliver him to this nation. I want what the apostles of old delivered into the nations of the earth. I want to be one of those that they write about in the annals of revival history in heaven that they carried the new wine and didn't step back into the old traditions and the old mindsets of the flesh but I was one of those so surrendered and so yielded to the ways of the Holy Spirit and the voice of the Holy Spirit today if you hear his voice do not harden your hearts as in the day of rebellion in the wilderness today if you hear his voice there remains a rest for the people of God a rest of faith to rise up in power and faith and might and the spirit of might the spirit of the fear of the Lord is coming back to the church of Jesus Christ and we will rise up with that mighty warrior dread once again and stand opposed to the principalities and the governing forces over the land it doesn't matter if the gangs are rising it doesn't matter if the liberal governments are rising because there's a body of Christ that's arising there's a God that's arising and we're going to let God arise and let his enemies be scattered in the nation of New Zealand. Hey! Thank you, Lord Jesus. Shh. 
I just want to pray for people right now that have dyslexia problems. I just felt like dyslexia, learning disabilities was a word. Dyslexia. If you have dyslexia, just wave your hand at me. If you have dyslexia in the room, I want you to come down here. You know, many years ago, the Lord spoke to me when I was learning the word of knowledge. And he spoke to me as I was driving to a church service. And he said, dyslexia. And I got up and I spoke the word dyslexia. And this lady came up. She'd wanted to write children's books. She'd wanted to write children's books, but she couldn't write because she had dyslexia. And after I prayed for her in that meeting, that afternoon she went home. She was so instantly healed, she wrote down and wrote a children's book in one day. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lift your hands into this place. I just come against right now. Learning disabilities, dyslexia in the mind realm. I come against it right now. There's books that you want to write. There's things you want to do. There's books that you want to read. And this thing keeps blocking you. But right now, the Lord is going to put the ABCs back in order in your mind. The pathways in the order in your mind. Let the fire come right now upon that right now. I come against dyslexia in Jesus' name. I come against that hindering thing, that disabling thing in your life. I come against it right now right now in the brain, in the brain, in the brain right now, in the brain right now, in the brain right now. In the brain right now, you know, we, we, we receive as normal these days because of the way that uh, uh, the medical profession and the way that, you know, um, counseling and the way that we name things now. And, and what, what the enemy has done is he's made it normal. We just put a name on it and say it's just normal. You can live with it. But yet in the spirit realm, it's not normal. In the spirit realm, it's abnormal. And, you know, Jesus would cast out a spirit of epilepsy. Amen. But today we don't want to call it a spirit. Come on now, somebody. But you know, when a 14-year-old kid in Alabama got healed of gluten allergies, something that we all just accept now as a part of our life, and he had never tried a pizza since he was born. And that day he went home and told his dad, you get me the biggest pizza you can. I'm going to eat hot dog. I'm going to eat pizza. I'm going to eat some potato chips, dad. It's because he learned there's a new normal. Whew, there's fire just burning on your forehead. Do you feel that? You've got to check yourself. You've got to check yourself because something's happening. There's fire burning on your forehead. I'm just believing your brain is on fire. You're sweating right now. Can you feel that? Just sweat just coming off right now. In the brain, in the brain, God's going to rewire your brain. You just take that, brother. I know you want it. <laughs> Shh, what's happening right now? What do you feel? No, I just keep hearing myself saying, you're not dumb. You're not dumb. Huh? Yeah, you're not dumb. I break the power of that. I break the power of the people that spoke that over you and the words they spoke that over you when you were young. You just begin to forgive them right now and that, that lie is just going to break off right now.
There you go. Let it go right now. I want you guys just to forgive those people that spoke over you because of your learning disability. See, today we consider there's different ways to learn, but back in the day it was like you only did the school system and had to do that, and if you didn't fit into that box because you were either creative or you were out of the box or you were practical, you got labeled something. And so many of you have been labeled, and you've brought that label, and you wear that label in your mind, and then that's where you settle in the spirit. There you go, sweetie. Come on, babe. Just can you just lay hands on her quickly? Yeah, there you go. Let it go right now. We forgive those people right now. We forgive those people right now. You're going to get your breakthrough. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Be free. Be free. You are not dumb. You are not abnormal. You are not left right out. Now, who has, a, who has a problem here where it's like the dyslexia gives you a struggle to read? You struggle to read. Okay. I break its power right now, the hindrance. The Lord has put books in you. The Lord has put writings in you. The Lord has put things that he wants you to learn through books and reading. The Lord has put things in you that this label will not hinder anymore. Jesus, mighty name. And there was like some things that happened and when you were young, that caused fear to come in and that it was like it blocked it. Every time you went to study, every time you had a test, every time there'd be like this fear that would just block you. But the Lord says it'll be blocked no more. I just removed that spirit of fear that's it. Let it go in. Let it go in. Let it go in. All the way. to write like a book, but you just feel that's hindering you. Is there anyone up here? You want to write some books? Praise the Lord. Just write, write, write. You're going to go home and write, okay? That's the only way you're going to know is you're going to go home and write in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Whew, brother, you got touched, man. Thankfully, an angel was backing you up, brother. You're going to take all of that, bro, or just sit around? <laughs> How do you feel, sweetie? Light. 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 Yeah. Oh. Couldn't you do before? Like, um, I don't know. I just couldn't step out, I guess. You're going to step out now, amen? Come on. Can we just give her a God bless tonight? Thank you, Jesus. Right, you guys can be seated and please um, read something, write something. Even go down the back, just try and do something you couldn't do before. And if you feel like something's changed, just let us know before the end of the service. We can celebrate with you. Amen. Thanks, brother.
it's a real honor to be here and just to be friends, family, and that we get to be a part of this house and share what God's doing is such an honor for us. Thank you so much, guys. Really appreciate you guys, eh? And um, I don't think it's going to get any better than that tonight. <laughs> Amen? Man, i got this book over here. There's some down the back somewhere. Where are they? Are they at the info desk? And I wanted to really... I wrote it for the um, Raging Fire conference. It just felt in my spirit. And then, but it, didn't quite, it wasn't quite finished by then. But it's, it comes out of Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17. And it's called the God of hyper... Mega power. Ephesians 1.17 says, The exceeding greatness of his power toward us. That word exceeding means hyper. That word greatness means mega. And power means dynamite. There's so much that is heading towards us at all times. And it's time that we receive that revelation to move into the next phase of what God wants to do in the body of Christ around the power of God. And so this is just a revelation that I feel like God's given me around the power of God. There's testimonies from our times in the islands and the miracles we've seen, and the demonstrations of power, and I'm just going to give one away. Who wants this? Someone went, yeah. I didn't see that person. There's someone over here. I've got to give it to this young guy over here. Sorry, I, I, sorry, I've got to give it to this young guy over here. Because I, I, I want to get young people jacked up. You going to read it, brother? Okay, man. Awesome. I'll give you one after, okay? You can come to me after and get one. Amen. Whew, we've had a great time this weekend. And, you know, last night I had this word of knowledge about, um, I saw a lady, I saw a, a coffin. It looked like a baby's coffin. And there was a young lady that was crying over the coffin and, you know, it's a full-on word, and I just asked if that was anyone. This lady, this young lady came up to me, and she said, that word was for me. She said, I've lost five babies. And she said, I've got the sixth one right now in my belly, and I'm afraid I'm going to lose it. And I got to break the curse of death over that mum, and she got to release herself from the guilt and the shame. And uh, it made it all worth it, just one testimony, eh? makes it worth it, you know? And I, and I prophesied over and I said, next year when I come through Wellington, you're going to come to one of our meetings and I want to hold that new baby. I prophesied that over her, amen? Because I believe something had happened. And so we had a good time and um, Liz was just in the zone last night and I think you had a good time with her this morning and uh, we're just such a good team and it's so good just to see what God is doing. And so I just wanted to get another testimony from uh, the Friday night. Shane, do you want to just come up here for a minute, man? I just want to quiz you a little bit and ask you some things. And so we did this thing on Friday night called a School of the Spirit. We taught on prophecy, gifts of healing, words of knowledge, and then we released people to receive an impartation. This is uh, Shane over here. He's a part of our team. And Shane came all the way down from Auckland just to attend the meetings, eh? <laughs> So, Shane, how long have you been a Christian, bro? 18th of June, 2017. 2017. So that's like about five years? Yeah. Yep. What happened on Friday night that hasn't happened in the five years that you've been walking with God? I was absolutely struck by the power of God 
I come from an accounting background where one and one equals two, and if I throw a ball in the air, it'll come back down, because that's logic, and I understand that. But what happened to me on Friday night, I just don't understand. It's not, it's not logical. <laughs> and the only thing that it can be is, it can just be the spirit of the living God. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Accounting background. One plus one equals two. Ball goes in the air, ball comes down. I love that, except when it comes to God. <laughs> huh? It's pretty good. It's pretty good. How can you explain it? Like, you know, when I went, it's really hard to explain. Like, <laughs> I don't know. It's, you feel, I saw, I saw visions, I felt things, I heard things that just defy anything I could conceive and believe in my wildest dreams. And when I was born, I was adopted out, and my mum didn't even get to see me because at that time it was, it was a shunned thing. And I didn't know it at the time, but I suffered a lot from rejection and it's one of those things where you just you just bury it and I, d I actually didn't even know I had it <laughs> it's gone <laughs> one touch and something from birth is gone wow See, Shane, you, what I want you to know is this. What happened to you on Friday is not a one-time experience. It's a key that unlocks a door to an inheritance of encounters with God. Praise God. I'll be in for more than that. <laughs> <laughs> Lift your hands, brother. I want to pray for you. Father, right now, Lord Jesus, I seal the experience of the baptism of the Spirit of God and the release of the love of God into that reality over Shane's life. That this will not be a one-time experience, but it will be a lifestyle of the supernatural and the power of God in his life. In the name of Jesus. Whew, that's it. That's it. Oh my gosh, man. You know, see, as an evangelist, man, I, I just love first-timers. For me, nothing, there's nothing beats a first-time experience in the Holy Spirit where you get someone baptized in that anointing. Amen, sister? Huh, sister? Come on out here. Quickly. Quickly. 
I don't know, I just heard the word hay fever. Anyone get hay fever over here? I just heard the word hay fever. Just stand up right now. Huh? Pardon? Who gets hay fever? Huh? Do you guys all... Honestly, because when I looked at you and I called her out, that's when I heard the word. So it's somewhere in this row. I mean, you get the overflow, amen? Stay standing, you get the overflow. But someone in this row here, God wants to heal. So who is that that gets it? Come on, come out here. The whole row. (laughs) Except for the one I first originally called out. Come on, stand in a line over here. Lift your hands. Lift your hands. Jesus. Now, you don't, you don't get it, right? But these guys all get it. Did you know they all get it? Okay, come over here. You're going to help me pray. Come on, these are your friends, eh? Your whanau. So you're going to help me pray, eh? But you've got to be under it first. <laughs> Healing in the hands, Father. Healing in the hands. Thank you, Jesus. Are you ready? Okay. Right now. Now, when I lay hands on you, I want you to cough, okay? Just do a big cough. And I'm going to believe God. That's the point of contact for Holy Spirit to touch the hay fever. Are you ready? Are you ready? Be healed of hay fever. That's it. That's it. Cough, cough, cough. Be healed of hay fever. That's it. Be healed of hay fever. <laughs> right now. Right now. Clear it out. Clear the sinuses in the name of Jesus. Clear the lungs in the name of Jesus. Right now. By the fire of God. You feel that fire going through right there? Ooh, that's fire right there. Huh? What's happening? Runny nose. Yeah, Yeah, because they've been cleaned out. So you're feeling, she's feeling a runny nose. She's like, why am I feeling a runny nose? Because you're experiencing through the word of knowledge what's happening right now, just being cleared out. Go! In the name of Jesus right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, mighty name. Thank you, Father. Lift your hands. Someone get behind this lady. I just see like the mother heart over you. The mother heart. I just see you mothering lots of people. I see Mariah's full of the power of God. That's it. Thank you, Jesus. There you go. Let that go, sweetie. Let that go. You've wanted God so much. You want his love so much. You've been even... You see these women as almost like mother figures to you. Thank you, Jesus. The love of God wants to come in. You're not rejected. You're loved by the Lord. Isn't that fun? Isn't that fun? Are we having fun? (laughs) Oh my gosh. Whoa, eight o'clock already? We're releasing at 8.30, is that right? 
Just lift your hands in this place right now. Just say, more, Lord. Bring power into my life tonight. Bring the glory of God. I don't mind shouting. I know I'm from the English side of things, but I've traveled the world enough to know that a lot of churches, they get pretty rowdy. I think we can respond tonight. Amen. Are you going to respond tonight in faith? (laughs) Glory be to God. You know, I really, really want to speak into the hundred years of Wigglesworth. You know, because I'm a power guy. And I'm like, I didn't get a chance yet to just give my few cents. Me and Paul did this thing, and I had all this list of stuff. We didn't get anywhere near it. We just talked. It was just beautiful. It's on Facebook if you want to have a look, just sharing some of the stories of Wigglesworth and for the Hutt region and New Zealand and stuff like that. And it was just so refreshing to me. But I want to just sow into that power realm because it's so key. And there's a scripture that Wigglesworth used to speak about all the time when he preached because I've read his books. And it's Matthew 22, verse 29. And it says this, Jesus answered and said to them, You are mistaken, not knowing the scriptures, nor the power of God. Say, you are mistaken. Say, you are mistaken. Not knowing the scriptures. Nor the power of God. Now, if you look at in general, I mean, it's never general when you talk about the body of Christ. But if you just look at it, say a blanket statement, you'll understand that a lot of people would agree that if you don't know the scriptures, you're in trouble of being deceived. Amen. We're all taught, you know, as soon as you become a disciple of Christ and, and you get raised up in a healthy church, you're going to start reading the Bible. You're going to go to homeless where they talk about the Bible. You're going to talk about scriptures. You're going to be encouraged. Hey, memorize scriptures because this is the way you keep your life on track. And this is the anchor. And this is going to help you out. And you can declare the scriptures. And all that stuff is so true. Amen. That one of the ways that we can be deceived is when we don't know the Word of God for our lives. And yet that's pretty much the only thing that you hear about in terms of how you can cause your life to be put on the straight and narrow. But Jesus said it, and Smith Wigglesworth believed it, that there's another thing we have to know if we don't want to be deceived. The power of God. (laughs) He said, you will be deceived not knowing Scriptures nor the power of God. So we have to balance out this thing. And I believe God is going to bring balance to it and bring understanding to us in the days and the years to come where we're going to get a greater revelation of the power of God because we need a revelation of the power of God to not be deceived. We need to know how the power of God flows. We need to know how the power of God functions. We need to know how to call on the power of God. We need to know how to attract the power of God into our lives. We need to know how to release the power of God into our circumstances and situations. Because as the Bible says in Ephesians 1.17, there's hyper mega power coming toward us. <laughs> Amen. It's hyper. It's mega. It's not a goosebump, it's not a touch, it's not a taste, it's not a tinkle. All those things are good and well, but there's so much more that is flowing towards the believer, through the believer, in the believer, and on the believer. Amen. 
So let us not be deceived by beginning to understand and know the power of God. And Wiggles was one of those guys that he just carried that power of God, that he had a revelation and he brought that power of God. And I've just got a few keys tonight and I don't even, it doesn't matter if I don't even finish these keys, I'm just going to see where I get to. But keys to the power of God. I want to equip the body of Christ so that we can get back to the foundation of the Pentecostal faith that Wigglesworth birthed in this country before there was the AOG, before there was the normalised Pentecostal experience before there was the baptism of the Holy Spirit in a general term, Wigglesworth brought it to the country with the power of God. Hallelujah. And these keys are so simple. You're going to say, Joe, you're setting me up. These are so simple, but we don't do them. Amen. Hello. (laughs) The first one, which is a key to the power of God, is so simple, tongues. (laughs) Tongues. See, when I went to America the first time in 2019, I was up in Washington State. And for those of you that know revival history, there was a revivalist healing guy named John G. Lake. And he set up his ministry in Spokane, Washington. And while he was in Spokane, Washington, it was known as the healthiest city in America. The secular newspapers said Spokane, Washington is the most healthy city in America. And so we were passing through Spokane. I said, I got to go see the grave of John G. Lake. You know, I just have to do it and just have some meditation time and, and just see what God speaks. And so I went to this grave and I just was praying. You know, I didn't do anything crazy by the grave. You know, I was just there to honor and just process and just ask Holy Spirit. And what really impacted me was the price these men paid to get the Pentecostal experience and the evidence of other tongues into normalized Christian society. Many of them faced persecution. Many of them were blacklisted. Wigglesworth himself was a part of the Salvation Army. And when tongues first began to move around London, he would go to the meetings and the Salvation Army told him, don't go, this is of the devil. And Wigglesworth said, if God's doing a new thing, I want to know about it. And he went to it and they kicked him out of the Salvation Army. Because it was a persecution thing. If you wanted tongues, you were going to be persecuted. You know, John G. Lake had a successful business. He gave up everything just so he could tarry after the power and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And he tarried for several weeks or months or whatever before actually he got the experience. Not that we have to tarry, but because the atmosphere was so hard and the religious persecution so great, a lot of these guys were actually trying to break through principalities that had hold the experience back since the first apostles in the early church, since the dark ages. Amen? When they kicked the experience and the Holy Spirit out of the church, shut the door on the Holy Spirit and said, we're only going to do mass now and have traditions, no Holy Spirit, no supernatural. And so a lot of these guys were birthing something, establishing something, and it cost them everything. And when they got it, they treasured it like it was the greatest treasure in the face of the earth. It was worth all their money. John G. Lake gave up all his business assets for just the baptism of tongues. Wigglesworth gave up all his acceptance in the different denominations just for the baptism of tongues. It was so precious. It was everything to these guys. 
And now we just treat it like, oh, you got tongues, are you? Shut up, baba. Once in a while, we have a good shut up, baba. You know, got a Mazda, should have bought a Honda, rubber baba. And we do all this, and, and, and there's nothing wrong with that, right? Because, because that's cool, but we need to understand that it cost these people something, that it cost these people something. You guys are probably like, should have bought a Holden or something, I don't know. But uh, you know, it costs these people something, amen? And if we would understand the gravity of that and the weight of that and the significance of that, see, we say, well, how did they move in miracles? How did they transform their whole town into the healthiest county in America? How did Wigglesworth operate on this power? And then we just throw out a few shutter once in a while. And they were praying in tongues all the time. To them, it was like treasure. And we can't be flippant with what we have today. Amen. You know, Paul said, I pray in tongues more than you all. He was talking to a Corinthian church that was so jacked on praying in tongues, they would get up and try and deliver a message. The whole message was in tongues. I mean, they were so in the gift, man. They'd just get up and shut that up. No one would understand. Everyone's like, yeah, hallelujah. I mean, they were just so in the gifts. And Paul's like, look, I pray in tongues more than you all. So he prayed a lot in tongues, amen. Can you imagine Paul just walking between cities? I mean, what's he going to do all day? He prayed in tongues. He was in prison, amen, for how long of his lifespan? What do you think he did all day in prison? Prayed in tongues. See, it's a life force. The enemy wants to rob tongues from the body of Christ. The enemy wants to rob tongues from Pentecostal so-called churches. Sometimes I like go to a church and I'm like, I feel that unction like, you need to do the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I'm like, no, 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 no. Surely not. This is Pentecostal church, man. That's like, you know, for me, that's like foundation 101. Then God's like, you have to do it. And then I do it. And then all these people come up for tongues. And it's like... Oh, the enemy is trying to rob us of the very thing that we're named because he knows there's power in it. Amen. He knows there's supernatural power. That's the gateway to the power realm. Amen. And some people get tongues, but they can't unlock it. They get stuck. They, uh, there's something that holds it back. And I was speaking to a guy last night. He came up to me and he was a friend of a friend. And, and you guys know him. And, um, you know, he said, you know, I've been tarrying for 10 years. For tongues. Is he here tonight? Good, then I can tell the story. <laughs> I said, well, what's the problem? Jesus, the Holy Spirit fell 2,000 years ago. He's never left. You don't have to tarry. He looked at me like, what? Well, God will give it when he wants. I've been asking for 10 years. I said, it's Christmas time, right? There's a Christmas tree over there, and it has your Christmas gift underneath it. And it's got your name on it, and it's your gift. What would people think of you if every morning you woke up and said, I can't wait for that gift. I can't wait to unwrap that gift. And then Christmas goes by, and you're I can't wait to unwrap that gift. Every day you wake up, I wonder if I'm going to be able to... Is it a gift with your name on it? Does it have your name on it? Then unwrap the thing. Amen. 
I mean, every kid is like just waiting for Christmas Day. I mean, how many know what I'm talking about here? They see the, the don't touch it yet. They're trying to touch it, shake it, break it, you know, trying to figure out what it is, you know. I mean, it's a gift. They know it's theirs. As soon as they wake up at 5.30 on Monday morning and jump on mum and dad's bed, eh? They want to open that gift. Because they know it's theirs. I said, right? He said, yeah. I said, well, the father gives good gifts. You don't have to ask for it. You just have to open it. Amen? You just have to open it. He said, well, I've been asking. I said, stop asking, start receiving. Ask and you shall receive. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And just in that one moment, I deconstructed the religious belief system and some fears that had got into his mind as a young man, and he got the gift of tongues. Boom, just like that. After 10 years, amen? And it wasn't because of anything special, or it wasn't because of suddenly God came, but it was just because he suddenly understood that if the Father will give good gifts to those who ask Him. Amen? And if we, if our children ask us for bread, will we give them a stone? Huh? Would you give your kid a stone if you asked for bread? Would you give him a scorpion if he asked for some fish? No, you wouldn't. So if us with our Adamic nature know how to give, gifts, give, give, give good gifts to our kids, how much more will the Father in Heaven give good Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Hallelujah. Amen. So we need to get that mindset out of the way and start speaking tongues, praying tongues, talking tongues, and just begin to unlock that power of God in our lives. Amen. And I want to challenge you today. How much do you pray in tongues in your life? Here's my second point. Increase your prayer life. Increase your prayer life. We all need to increase our prayer life. Amen? Amen? And that's why tongues are so good, because after you pray your prayer, save my mom, save my dad, bless my life, um, bless Jimmy, bless Johnny, uh, bless Robert, um, you know, give me that new job. That's it, you're done, okay. That was like 20 seconds. What else are you going to do for the next hour? Pray in tongues. Hallelujah. Amen? <laughs> So just ask yourself the question, do you pray five minutes a day in tongues? Do you pray five minutes a week in tongues? Do you pray five minutes a month in tongues? Do you only pray in tongues on a Sunday service? Just asking the question. Some revivalist, I don't know who, I think it was Moody, said this, little prayer, little power, much prayer, much power, no prayer, no power. So if I'm feeling that just that wane in the power of God on my life, I've got to get back to prayer. It's not because the Father's angry at me. It's not because the Father's left me. It's not because the Father doesn't love me as much as he always loves me. i just got to get back to prayer. i could get back to the prayer closet, man. i got to shut that TV down, shut that Facebook down, shut that phone down, amen, shut that opinions down, shut that negativity down, and i got to get to that place wherever it is, your closet, your car, going for a walk, and just get in the spirit with God and start to pray. Begin to pump that spiritual well. God is with me. He hasn't left me. He hasn't forsaken me. I have the same Holy Spirit that Jesus had upon his life. The problem is not with God. The problem is with me and my understanding. And I'm just going to pray in tongues. Hey, till I get the understanding of God on a situation. Oh, till I get the revelation of God on the situation. Because the more you look at the problems, the bigger they become. The more you look at your problems, the bigger they'll become. 
Now, Goliath might have only been nine feet so much, and he stood against the whole Israel army. But I guarantee you, after 40 days, he looked a lot bigger. Because they didn't shut him up day one. Hello. (laughs) Your problems keep getting bigger the more you look at them. But guess what? Jesus keeps getting bigger the more you look at him. Hey. And it doesn't matter how long you look at him and how big he gets because he's so much bigger than we could ever know anyway. Amen. So we can just keep magnifying the Lord. Amen. That's why it says magnify the Lord because God knows you can't magnify me enough. I sit above the circle of the earth. The earth is like grasshoppers in my sight. But guess what? The more you magnify him, the more he gives you his perspective, the more you start to stand in, above the circle of the earth in the spirit, seated in the heavenly places with Christ, and he changes your perspective, and you start to look down on the earth like grasshoppers. Then you start to look down at your problems like little ants, and before you know, you're crushing those problems under your feet in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. You might have to clean this microphone when I'm done, Paul. (sighs) But I'm having a good time. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Jesus. Anyone feeling anything right now? Thank you, Father. I think we just need to pray in tongues at the end of this somehow. Glory be to God. Number three, attend to the anointing on your life. Attend to the anointing on your life on your life. Did you know that you have an anointing? Just not me, just not Pastor Paul. You have an anointing. The Bible says that you have an anointing from the Holy One. Do you attend to it? Do you take time to cultivate it? Because it's the anointing that will guide you into the power of God. Hallelujah. Amen. Let me give you a couple of examples of the way the anointing works in my life, just in a day-to-day type experience, not up here as I'm ministering. So um, we just moved into our home uh, in a place called Pocono, which is South Bombay Hills near Auckland. And we had the home in 2014. God gave it to us. And we couldn't travel and pay a mortgage, so we moved out, rented it out, and we've been on the road for five years. And this year, we felt like God said, move back into your home. And, and just begin to establish a house for yourselves and a base for yourselves. And so it was like, praise the Lord. <laughs> I got to mow the lawn for the first time in five years. You know, I set up my surround sound for the first time in five years. You know, I made a garden shed, believe it or not. Just domesticated myself. And one of the things we needed was a couch. So I went and brooked the couch on Trade Me, and then I went and go picked it up in a trailer. And as I'm driving there, my 12-year-old son is with me, and we're just having some father-son fellowship. And on the way there, I ring the guy saying, are you going to be there at a certain time? And when I ring him, I feel the anointing. And after I got off the phone, I said to my son, son, this guy's a Christian. He goes, how do you know? Because I felt the anointing. Either that or he needs prayer for something. We're going to find out. And so I got there, I loaded the couch up, and then I said, hey, man, are you a Christian? 
And he said, oh, yeah, yeah, no, I, I was once. I used to go to church, and I don't anymore, da-da-da. And so I just got to share with him the message of God's love and, you know, come back to the Lord and find a local church in your area. And then he had this uh, cast on his arm because he had um, pu- punched his arm through this wall. And, and so Judah and me got to pray for him, and the power of God touched him, and he said his arm loosened up. And we just got into that car like, hallelujah, because of the anointing. The anointing leads you into power encounters if you pay attention to it. Amen. Now, I got back from Dubai about a month and a half ago. We've been traveling uh, since Raging Fire. We were in the U.S. for three months. We've been in Fiji, did a mission in Fiji. Uh, I've been in Hawaii, and I went to Dubai. It was our last overseas mission trip in Egypt. And when I came back, they lost my bag. So some of you know because you've been with us for three days. Hey, isn't he wearing the same jeans? Yes, I am. I don't have any others. I'm waiting for my bag. (laughs) But here's the thing. So over the month, it was just like, where is this bag, Lord? It's got my Bibles in it. It's got my gifts in it. It's got all my clothes in it. It's got, you know, you know, my, my, all my stuff in it. You know, everything is in that bag. I need that bag. And after about a month, I woke up and I was talking to my kids and talking about it, everything like this, about this bag, this bag, da-da-da-da. And all of a sudden I felt the anointing, which means what? God is with my bag. And so we got the kids to pray and, and I prayed and we prayed, angels, go get that bag. Then I rung Qantas, which is like the, the umpteenth time I'd rung them to try and find where the bag was. And I finally got through to a real person, not a voice message or a robot. And she said, oh, your bag landed in Auckland Airport yesterday. See, the anointing leads you into knowing what is the reality in your life and the decisions that are being weighed and where you should move and go and what you should do if you pay attention to the anointing in your life. Hallelujah. Number four, 1 Peter 5 verse 8, submit yourself under the mighty hand of God and he will exalt you in due time. And when I was a young man and just trying to experience the power of God, and I began to experience this measure of power, began to manifest and operate and things like that. And I'd ask the Lord, like, what is the key, Lord? You know, like, how is this working? I know I'm doing something. I don't know what I'm doing. But, you know, what is it working in terms of it's different than other people? Like, they don't seem to be experiencing these things. And I know everyone can because it's in the Bible. But I'd really like to know what it is I'm doing. So one day I can teach on it. One day I can share about it. And God took me to this verse. He said, you've submitted yourself under the mighty hand of God. And I began to look at what the mighty hand of God means. And for those of you that know uh, roughly in the Bible, the metaphor, the mighty hand of God is talking about the power of God. That Peter actually said, submit yourself under the power of God and he will exalt you in due time. He said, son, you know when you go into your room and you lie on the ground and you allow that power of God to come upon you and you just lie there and soak in my power and you let my fire purify you and you let my fire deal to you and you let my fire love you and you let my fire touch you and then you step out having come under the power of God and you begin to be exalted and I begin to move in your life and things begin to happen because you first submitted yourself under the power of God. I 
was like, man, that's so simple. But how come we miss it? How come we're out there wanting God to move? And why didn't this miracle happen? And why didn't that miracle happen? We want the power of God to move through us, but we won't submit to it. You know, the power of God wants to change you before God will use you to change others. Amen? Because you are the conduit. He wants to move through you. You are the channel. Amen? And God wants to purify that channel. God wants to shape that channel. Amen? He wants to get that clay and shape it into his vessel. Amen? Purified and fit for the master's use. Hallelujah. Amen? And if you will focus on not introverted, not looking navel-gazing, as Winky Prattney says, not looking at yourself and trying to figure out all the problems, but just submit yourself under the power of God and let the power come on you and change you before you know once it's changed you it'll start to move through you and when it starts to move through you it'll change the environment around you and something begins to happen in your life hallelujah come and clap to the lord hey shoo jesus jesus so every time I need that recharge and that refill, you know, and you can call it soaking, you can call it marinating, you can call it, you know, uh, whatever you want. But the point is that you've got to let that power come on your life to change you. And then it will move through you. Amen. Hallelujah. 1 Peter 5, 8 has been an anchor to my faith for 20 years, that verse. Number five is like it. The full immersion in the Spirit is not a one-time event. It's a lifestyle. Now, the word baptism, many of you probably know this, the word baptism means in the uh, colloquial Greek sense to be pickled. It means to be pickled. It doesn't mean to be dipped because everyone here probably has been baptized and you've been dipped in water, we think that the baptism of the water must be like the baptism of the Spirit. In other words, have an experience. That was nice. Now come back to reality, and every now and then you'll feel a tickle. But actually, the word baptism means to be immersed or pickled in something. Now, if you put a pickle in the marinated oils, and you leave it under the marinated oils, the juice gets in the pickle. And the pickle gets in the juice, and you can't separate the two anymore. That pickle is living in the reality of the juice. And the juice is in the reality of the pickle. Huh? Hey, brother. It's so good. It's not even me. It's just you've got to Google it. You'll find it. But it's the pickle and the juice, brother. It's the juice and the pickle. <laughs> you got it. You got it, bro. You got it. Next level, new level. Take it on your life. Do something with it. It's yours. Amen. See, when you get baptized in the Spirit, you're being baptized into another world. And you're not meant to leave that world in the name of, I had an experience, now I'm out again. See, full immersion, which is what baptism also means, full immersion, when you want to know another culture, another language, and you choose the full immersion way, right? Like in the Maori 
uh, uh, culture, you know, you can do Toreo classes where they will give you full immersion. And that means you go and get put on a marae where all they speak is Toreo, and that's it. And you have to learn everything fully immersed in the language and the culture. So when God baptizes you in the Spirit, He doesn't say, oh, just have a little taste and then move out, or have a little this and then go back, you know, in a couple of years' times at the next conference with the American guys or whatever. But what He says is, you get immersed into another culture and another language called the language of the Spirit, and now you have to learn how to function and operate and flow in that realm. And then you view your reality from that realm into the natural realm. Whereas before the baptism, you viewed your reality from the natural realm, and then you're trying to look into the spirit, wondering, okay, I'm trying to see God in this situation. Stop looking from the natural, trying to see God in the situation. Get into the spirit and start seeing the situation in God. And I felt the anointing. (laughs) Which God's like, remember that one, Joe, for later. I'm like, okay, please, Lord. (laughs) Amen. Hallelujah. Because that's the reality, is your situation is in God. And God's going to take care of it. Hallelujah. Wigglesworth made this statement. He said this, I am drunk all the time, unless it offends my brother. Isn't that amazing? He was drunk all the time. So we think, okay, we've got this power display, and I have this power. But we don't understand that as he submitted and yielded to the power of God, and as he immersed himself in that reality that cost him so much, that baptism experience, that he was drunk, intoxicated in the bliss of God, in the union of God all the time. And then if he found a good brother that maybe didn't believe like him, he'd tone it down a little bit to honor the brother because the law of liberty, the law of love is the higher law. We don't do anything to offend our brother. But he stayed in that posture of being drunk in the spirit. And then out of that flowed the power when it needed to flow. Amen. Hallelujah. Paul even said this in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 13. He said, if I am beside myself, it is to God. But if I am of a sound mind, it is for you. And I looked up that beside myself word, and it literally means insane. It literally means insane. You can look it up yourself. It means to be two people. When someone's beside themselves, they're literally like standing beside themselves and they're there and it's like they're two split personality, two people because they're gone and that's who you put in the loony bin of those type of people. But Paul said, I am beside myself for God. But if I'm a sound of mind, it's to get something into your life. Think about the way Paul lived, man. Think about the way Paul operated. Think about that way he lived in that realm. I mean, you have to get up to preach and be like, okay, I've got to give them something. Lord, please make my mind clear. Please, you know, I've got to get something to the people. If I'm beside myself, if I'm looking a bit loopy, a bit loony, if I'm going a bit, looking a bit crazy, trust me, it's to God. Hallelujah. Amen. So these guys moved in the full immersion in the pickle and the juice. <laughs> I'm just saying it, brother, so you never forget it. You know what I mean? <laughs> and every time, you'll just remember me when you hear the pickle and the cheese. Oh, no. I don't know where to go from here. 
I guess we'll just have to close. But it's a good place to land. Amen. Amen. You got to admit your weakness. You got to release the power by knowing it flows through you. You got to linger in the presence. But you know, I just think we might stay at the pickle and the juice. <laughs> Whew. Whew. We just got to get pickled in the spirit. We just got to get in the juice. We got to get juiced up. We got to get juiced up. <laughs> we got to get so pickled, man. I can't tell if you're the pickle or the juice. You're so in, brother, in the spirit on the Lord's day beside yourself with God. These are not drunk as they suppose. It's only the third hour of the day. Come on. There is a higher life. Amen. And within that drunkenness is the bliss of God, is the union of God, is the ecstasy of God, is the union of that realm where you understand the victory of Christ and the power of Christ and the nature of Christ and the dominion of Christ. And you begin to operate out of that into your reality and you squash your problems like ants and you stand on the enemy and the enemy scatters from your life because you're moving in such power. Glory be to God. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. If you don't pray in tongues, just wave at me, just so I know. Is there anyone here that doesn't pray in tongues? <clears throat> if you know that you got a prayer language at one time, but that it's stunted, like it doesn't quite flow, or you haven't used it for 20 years, and you feel like there's a lock on it, just wave at me if that's you. Okay. This is what we're going to do. We get some people pickled, brother. <laughs> we get some people juiced. Okay, let's all stand to our feet. Amen. We're gonna have the worship team come up. <clears throat> Tongues is your prayer language. Now you can get a word. You can you can operate in the nine gifts of the spirit. I mean, the seven gifts of the spirit without tongues. It's very hard, though, because tongues is the gateway gift that gives you access. That's the way I look at it, into the spiritual realm. It's the key gift. It's the door gift that opens up into the, into the realm. Amen? And I break the power of religion and tradition and the lies of the enemy that told you that it's abnormal that told you that it's something to be wary of, that told you that, oh, you've got to keep it in the closet and you just got to keep it over here and you just got to keep it over there. Paul said, you do it well. You give thanks well, just use your understanding as well. He never once said, he said, do not forbid to speak with tongues. And I don't, I'm just feeling like there's people here that some, you've gone to a religious church in times past and you don't even know consciously, but something is locked. 
There's a lock in. I want to unlock that today so you can access that realm and enter your prayer language realm where it flows out of you like a river and you pump that well out of your life. And as the scripture says, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water, not a trickle, not a stream. You want a river to flow out of your belly today. Let's lift our hands in this place, Father. I just thank you tonight that we are going to exercise the gift of tongues like Wigglesworth did, like John G. Lake paid for, like Paul did, Father. It's simple. The access to the power is simple. The enemy complicates it for us, but tongues is the gateway. So tonight, if you would like the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of other tongues, or you want that tongue unlocked in your life, unlocked so that it just it's not just one or two words or just a mumble, but that there's a flow. I want you to come up here right now in the name of Jesus. Come on, come up. Come up if that's you. Come on. Tonight's your night. Tonight's your night. Come on. Tonight's your night. Tonight's your night, brother. Come on. Tonight's your night. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on. 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 Tonight's your night. Come on. Tonight's your night. Tonight's your night. Tonight's your night. Come on. We're going to break that thing through in the name of Jesus tonight. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Let's all lift our hands to the Lord right now. Now, if we can have your prayer team, Paul, or something, just get around these people and... Here's what we're going to do. I want you all to look at me before I, before I do this. I want you to say, I said before it's a gift, right? It's a gift. If I was going to give you this phone, I said, this is a gift. It's not really, mate, okay, but just, just pretend, all right? <laughs> your dad will get you one for Christmas, okay? You already got one. All right, good, good, good. If I was to say, this is your gift, it's got your name on it. Now, watch this. What does he have to do to receive the gift? <laughs> Give it back. <laughs> what did he have to do? Take it. Amen. He takes it. Now he has no, he doesn't think, well, that can't be for me. Maybe God hasn't given it to me yet. Maybe God hasn't relieved it for me yet. When you know the nature of the Father and that he wants to give good gifts, and if you've made that step to come up here, it's because he has the gift for you, but it's in his hand. What do you have to do tonight? You have to take it, sweetie. Are you ready to take it tonight? Amen. So lift your hands. Come on. Lift your hands to the Lord tonight. Now I'm going to say this. I'm going to say, Lord, baptize them with the Holy Spirit. I release the gift of tongues. I'm going to say on the count of three. When I count to three, I'm going to say go. When I say go, you're all going to pray in tongues. You're going to move your mouth, okay? Are you ready? You're going to move your mouth. And as you move your mouth, God's going to fill it, okay? But you've got to move your mouth. And we're all going to help them by praying in tongues when I say go, okay? You guys ready? On the count of three, keep your hands lifted, okay? When I say go, you start moving that mouth, brother. That's faith. Faith is a step. Faith is action. Are you ready? On the count of three, Father, I baptize these that stand before me with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of other 
tongues. And on the count of three, you will pray in tongues. One, two, three, go in the name of Jesus. That's it, brother. That's it. You got it. You got it. Louder, louder, louder. You got it. Come on, louder, louder, louder. Louder, louder, louder. Just loose that mouth right now. Just loose that mouth right now. You got it. I'm going to come back in a sec. You got it. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Fire. That's it. That's it. Fire right now. That's it. I loose you. I loose you. That's it. You got it. I loose you right now. That's it. More. Louder. 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 That's it. Louder. You got it. That's it. That's it. You got it. Loosen. Loosen. You got it. Keep going. You got it, brother. You got it. You keep going, brother. Louder. 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 Come on. By faith. By faith. Just loose it. Just loose it. Just loose it. Come on, everyone. Church. Pray in tongues. Pray in tongues. Pray in tongues. Come on, church. Yeah. Pray in tongues. And as you pray in tongues, I'm believing for a baptism of fire to come upon you right now. As you pray in tongues, let that baptism of fire come upon you right now in the name of Jesus. If you got tongues, you can go back to your seat. But if you didn't, I just want you to come up here. And I'm just going to pray one more time just to get a bit closer to me. Okay? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, sweetie. I'm going to give a w- one more go with you. God loves you. God loves you so much. Isn't this awesome? Isn't this awesome? Come on, guys. Come over here. Come on, sweetie. It's okay. God loves you. God loves you so much, honey. Okay, this is a joy. This is a gift, okay? It's not hard. It's not hard, sweetie, okay? All right. Come on, let's put our hands out towards these ones. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now look at me one more time. Okay, look at me one more time, okay? Thank you, Jesus. It's a gift. It's a gift. It's easy, okay? It's a gift. Tongues is a prayer language that God gives you. It's not your normal language. 
okay? It's a prayer language, so it's going to sound different, okay? But God wants to give it to you. What you have to do is open your mouth, and it's that act of faith which causes God to fill it with words. And that won't make any sense to your head, amen? But if you're struggling with different things like addictions and drugs or things in the mind or the spirit of fear, all this is helped by the gift of tongues, okay? Okay? Are you ready? Going to give it another go, okay? Okay, just close your eyes, though, and I just want to pray this. Father, I break the power of every hindrance. I break the power of fear concerning this gift. It is easy. I break the mindset of the enemy and religion that will say it's hard. They will say, well, God doesn't love you. It's not true. He does love you. Amen. Amen. Now, are you ready? One last time. Amen. Are you ready? Yeah. Father, in the name of Jesus right now, I release the baptism of the Spirit with the evidence of other tongues, and I loose them, and I release the gift of tongues into their spirit. On the count of three, open your mouth and pray in tongues. One, two, three, go in the name of Jesus. You got it, sweetie. That's it. You got it. Come on. Come on. Clap to the Lord today. Thank you, Father. That's it. You got it. You got it. You got it. You got it, sir. You got it, sweetie. That's it. Louder, louder, louder. You got it. Just keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. That's it. That's it. Thank you. Yeah, maybe you are. You're getting it. That's it. Louder, son. Louder. Louder. Close your eyes. Close your eyes. There you go. Go. You got it. You got it. You got it. You got it. You got it, brother. That's it. Louder, bro. Louder, bro. Louder. That's it. Come on, I want to hear all you guys praying in tongues right now. Come on, lift it up. Come on, lift up that prayer language right now. Hey, lift it up. Lift it up. Lift it to heaven. Come on, let's sing in the Spirit. Let's sing in tongues. Oh,
Yes, Lord God, we thank you. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that tonight that keys have been handed to people here. Keys to be able to fuel the call, the vision, the burden that God has put into your spirit because the Holy Spirit has given keys. Why don't you just lift your hand up all over this place. Holy Spirit, we just want to thank you. We want to thank you for the beautiful release of freedom of faith and tongues and prayer. We thank you for the grace of it that's been released tonight. It's just like I believe that, that what Joseph has released is a key that he's placed in your hand. Come on, just, just lock your heart into God. I, I, I got a key to my car. It just sits in my pocket. And while it's sitting in my pocket, I can open the door. I can press start. I can drive that thing because I have the key. It's a very small thing. It doesn't have to, it hasn't, it doesn't have to hang around my, cha- uh, my neck. It doesn't have to be a big thing. It's a small thing, but it can start the engine and open the door. Can, do you understand? And Father, we want to thank you just for the significance of the key of tongues and faith and even a greater freedom in tongues. And so, Holy Spirit, we thank you that we embrace the precious gift that comes from heaven. And we thank you with it. We can fuel and, and drive the call that you have on our lives. Hey, once more, why don't we just why don't we just lift our voices in the prayer language of the Holy Ghost and, and let's just begin just lift it up and say, Lord, we just wanna we wanna just thank you for this gift. Shabroza ki shabrela hai zela brova shobakila myla lazy mandro shoko rahila hai. Braza bo shokunda braza the hala hai. Braza mo shakim. Braza borada da handa zo braza kerede nalama zo brasto koda braza mai la leza maro rabrisha koranana. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. When I when I first received the gift of tongues, I was in my tree hut in my property, and I got a book from Bill Sabritsky, and at the back was a prayer on how to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit and speak in tongues. And that's when I received it. But you know, one of the things that I thought, I thought, I've only got about 12 words. And I kind of thought, well, I would only have 12 words. Here's the thing, you faithful with the 12 words, you'll get 15 and 18 and 25 and 27 and 200 and 300. Come on. If, if, if the Holy Spirit wants to say the same 12 words through you, in your spirit, your head goes, my head would go, why, why would God want to say the same 12 words over and over and over again? Well, I don't know. Maybe it was, Lord, I yield my life to you. I give myself to you. I mean, come on. If you're faithful with that, God will give you that. But listen, here's, here's the next thing. If you're faithful with the language, the prayer language of the Holy Spirit that God's given you, He'll give you another language. And suddenly you have a tongue that sounds completely different. A completely different tongue. Because you're faithful with one language, He'll give you another. He'll give an intercessory tongue. He'll give you a prophetic tongue. Come on. And so the, we, we, can, we can press into it. If you've, if you've walked with tongues for years, listen, why don't you reach in and say, God, give me a new tongue. 
I appreciate I'm faithful with the old, but I'd love to have a new tongue. Come on. Anyone relate to that? And so, Holy Spirit, we just thank you. We thank you for everything that you've done. We thank you for the beautiful, glorious key. That the fathers of the faith paid a price to make normal for us. And so, Lord, we will use it, be faithful with it, embrace it, and love it. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Hey, can we put our hands together and can we thank Joseph? Fantastic night, great message.